0: Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here for the Fireside Chat number... 229. 229. And if this is your first, I strongly recommend you binge-watch the first 228. They're all valuable, and that's not uh, boasting or anything. They just are. If they're not valuable, I wouldn't do this. They have to be valuable. I, I look at every talk I give and every Fireside Chat, every radio show as the most important one I ever gave. It's a good attitude to have, by the way, in general, about any work you do. But I really do, I do have that attitude. Since I was with you, by the way, I spoke with Pastor Jack Hibbs, a, a beautiful human being, courageous and wonderful and kind guy, one of the biggest pastors in California, if not the country. And we did a, a program for 2,000 people At a big church, Shepherd's Church, right? And it was uh, it was special evening called "Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile." I do these I don't know about every year, every other year, and they're very popular. You can probably watch that, right? I think it's it's, it. I think they recorded it, so you you'd find it very interesting. It has nothing to do with PragerU, but so so. Therefore, what I I want to bring you good stuff. Whoever produces it. So, uh, I'm Dennis Prager, in case I didn't say. I assume you know that, but you never know. And that's Otto. Is he up? Nope. That's my man, Otto. Otto is America's favorite dog. And he doesn't know it. It's sad in a way. So I want to talk to you about the war in Ukraine but, oh, yes, first. That's fine. No problem. No problem. You can even keep that on. It shows how real this whole thing is. We added very little, actually. Right? That's the truth. Oh, yeah. I want to remind you this is fundraising month for PragerU. Everything we do is free, including the fireside chat, obviously. Uh, but we do a lot of things. So we need to raise money. And thank God we do. And also, I think. I'm going to say something which is not probably the right way to raise funds, but I'm not a professional fundraiser, but I, but I am, a I am a professional honesty purveyor. I hope I don't like to get anything for free and it's part of my sense of, of pride, believe it or not. It's not just a moral uh, thing for me. I, this is worth talking about for a moment before I get to the war. When I was in high school, most of the kids in, the, in my grade cheated on tests. In fact, so I, I I actually organized a campaign against cheating. And I remember, though I didn't make this a big point, I spoke mostly about it, it's just not right to do so. But I remember thinking that one of the things that stopped me from cheating on tests, and, and this won't even sound noble, <laughs> it may not be, was I felt that it lowered me in my own eyes if I cheated. And I, it, it it may not even make sense to, to everybody watching me or listening to me right now, but I have a very strong sense of dignity, and I thought it was, as silly as it sounds, it's undignified. I like... I'm better than that. I, I, I rather have a lower grade and not cheat than a higher grade and cheat. That was my, my thinking. So, what does that have to do with this? I personally, not as Prager you, just as Dennis Prager. Uh, for example, one of my hobbies, I have a lot of hobbies, is photography. So, there are various photography sites that I use on the internet to read reviews of equipment. And suggestions on how to use the equipment better They and they say look The only way we could do this is with donations and I send them donations And then I feel better using their site. Why would I want to use the site for free? I just don't think it's right So that's how I look at at PragerU people use it and we want you to use it obviously We'd rather people use it for free than not use it at all. But still, it's the right thing to do. is it, to contribute to things that you use. Is to pay for things that you use. It, it, I, ought to do, I ought to do something on self-esteem because the self-esteem movement is so upside down uh, on what real self-esteem means. That's a self-esteem moment. You will feel better about yourself when you contribute to what you use, whether it's PragerU or a photography site or, or I, I, don't, I don't know, a shoe advisory service. I, I don't care what it is. I just, I just know that raises you in your own eyes. And as I said, I don't know if this is a great way to pitch for, for funds, but it's so honest and so from my heart, I just had to say it. So anyway, it's prageru.com, obviously, and thank you for what, whatever you give. Okay. Oh, by the way, uh, this week, whatever you give is doubled because it's matched. If you give $50, somebody, we got a $50 donation from someone, so it's $100. Just want you to know. If you give $10,000, it's $20,000. <laughs> Nate, Nate is, uh, nodding because now we're talking his ballpark. And I I totally, I totally get it. Yeah. Uh, This is not going to end, Nate. (laughs) So, folks, I want you to write in and insist that Nate and Megan appear on one of the fireside chats. Enough with the Nate the Great whom you never see and the Megan's arm, the rest of whom you never see. Right. Do you agree with me? I don't know what I have to do to prevail upon them, but I really want to do this. Okay, And now to, uh, unfortunately, super duper serious stuff. The war in in uh, Ukraine, the invasion by Russia. I I I hear uh, a lot. I read a lot. Obviously, many of you do. Some people make this thing more complex than I believe it is, and and part of it I un- I understand where this emanates from. There's been so much dishonesty in the media, and there so many lies pervade society today. From the Trump collusion with Russia to America systemically racist. I mean, we we. Unfortunately, America was founded in 1619. I mean, gigantic lies. And so a lot of people, they think that basically everything is not true or is partially true or there's a a massive agenda. And so I'm addressing the, the following actually to many conservatives who think that if they agree with the New York Times and CNN, uh, there must be something wrong. And Soros. <laughs> I'm sorry? And Soros. And Soros, for that matter, yeah. Or George Soros, who might consider to be a truly evil human being. Uh, I have no respect for the New York Times or CNN. And they're, they're not committed uh, to honesty, in my opinion. On, on any matter that matters. They're committed to honesty. I mean, if the New York Times reports on an earthquake in Peru, I believe what it writes. Because there's nothing controversial there. But, but if it has to do with anything where there's a, a right-left social moral difference, I assume that they have an agenda and the agenda is not truth. But that doesn't mean that every single thing reported or every position they take is therefore wrong. That's as silly as thinking they're always right. Uh, I I don't I don't have the reaction of if the New York Times editorial page is for X then I am anti X. I mean what if the New York Times editorial page says we really should conquer cancer. What am I going to say? Not a good idea? <laughs> the fact that the New York Times editorial page advocates something doesn't make it wrong. They're almost always wrong on 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 issues that matter to me, but not always. the fact that that people on the left oppose Putin's invasion of Ukraine doesn't mean a thing to me. It, it has no impact. I don't decide what t- what moral position to take based on who takes the position. That's a terrible thing to do. It's a bad you're falling into a trap like like morality doesn't have its own independent reality. it's dependent upon whose opinion it is it's not it's not dependent upon that it is possible for george soros whom i loathe to uh, condemn the the invasion of ukraine and it is possible for me to condemn the invasion of ukraine george soros's position on anything has no impact on my position and it shouldn't and the same holds for for fellow my my fellow travelers people I agree with almost all the time. You you can't allow that to happen. An evil thing happened. A big country invaded a little country for no good reason. It's just evil what they did, period. And then and then I hear uh, talk about well, th- there are a, lo- a lot of uh, there's a lot of corruption in Ukraine. What does that have to do with anything? So therefore, what? it minimizes the evil that that Russia is doing the million ukrainians who have already fled their their suffering is is diminished because there's corruption in ukraine what ex communist country doesn't have uh, doesn't have corruption it's very hard to go from from uh, totalitarianism to open democracy overnight it's a very very long difficult trip and by the way, talk about corruption. I'm sorry to say, because I never spoke like this in the past. We're filled with corruption in the United States. It is a tragedy. What, what, what elite institution, governmental or independent, is not corrupt in this country? The American Medical Association, which announced that we shouldn't list the sex of a child on a birth certificate because we don't know the sex of the child. The child will determine it. That's not corrupt. The AMA is a corrupt institution. The American Bar Association is moving toward corruption. The FBI at at the top is corrupt. The CIA at the top is corrupt. So therefore what? So can we be invaded? Does, would it make an invasion of America a moral act or a less immoral act? Corruption is endemic to the human uh, t- to the human condition. That's why that's why the founders of this country the United States of America were so adamant about government not being big. It's the only country ever founded on the principle of limited government because power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, said a, a, British, uh, uh, a British leader. I think it was Lord, Lord Acton, I think in the 19th century. I'll say it again. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. This country was not founded to be a democracy for that reason, because the founders didn't didn't trust great power in the, they didn't even trust power in the majority's hands. That's why we have an electoral college. That's why we have a U.S. Senate. There's nothing democratic about the U.S. Senate. The most populous state in the country and the least populous state in the country both have two senators. Is that democratic? Of course not. So th- when I hear about, well, there's corruption in Ukraine. I'm sure there is. That's right. And therefore what? And, and then I hear, well, there are Nazis in Ukraine. Yes, there are Nazis in Ukraine. And therefore what? Do you know that 70% of the Ukrainian people elected a Jew to be their president? It's not exactly a Nazi country. Nazis, here's a rule. Nazis don't vote for Jews. <laughs> just just thought I'd throw that out as a Jew, I might add, who uh has fought anti-Semitism his whole life and has written a book on anti-Semitism called Why the Jews. The reason for anti-Semitism. It's a good book and I, I strongly commend it. <laughs> so I was reading about uh about people talking about Nazis in uh in, in Ukraine that there were Ukrainians who greeted Nazi troops with Heil Hitler. And uh, given given the horrors endured by the Jews in Ukraine during the Holocaust, I'm not exactly sympathetic to Ukrainians who had Heil Hitler signs when when the German troops came in. However, I also believe in truth and in being fair. The suffering of the Ukrainian people under Soviet rule, under Stalin, was horrific. The man deliberately starved six million Ukrainians to death. Is it shocking that Ukrainians might, in fact, welcome a foreign troops to liberate them from the, the, that evil, evil, evil man, Stalin? It wasn't necessarily because they loved Nazism. They probably didn't even know much about what Nazism stood for. All they knew was, hey, we might be able to get rid of Stalin. And then they found out that the Nazis were at least as bad as Stalin. World is complex, but there's no reason to make it more complex than it is. Ukraine was invaded by Putin's Russia and they are suffering terribly and there was not a any reason any justifiable reason for this invasion none period and to me that is the end of the issue propaganda damn right guess what every war is accompanied by lies that in fact that they always say truth is the first victim of war that is correct so uh, uh to give an example Jahira, the story about the 12 Ukrainians who were told to surrender by uh, by uh, uh, an officer on a Russian ship and they basically told them to go f himself and then they were they were they were blown up I have no idea if that story is true these stories come out so often. Uh, the Babi Yar uh, uh, statue, the memorial to the Jews who were slaughtered by the Nazis at Babi Yar is a very famous thing among those who know the Holocaust. Uh, they said that that was uh, targeted by the Russians. It was, not, it was not targeted. It was not destroyed. It was not even uh, injured, if you can speak of, of a memorial being injured. So yes, these things happen. And by the way, they're not a good idea. People should try to tell the truth. It comes to bite you. They made up a lot of stories about German atrocities in World War I. When the Germans committed those and worse atrocities in World War II, a lot of it was dismissed as, as war propaganda when it was in fact true. Part of the reason the Holocaust wasn't believed, while it was happening, obviously, and anyone the who who is committed to truth knows how horrible it was and that it did happen, of course. But while it was happening, even Jews couldn't believe it, and many people said, "Oh, remember what they said about the Germans in World War One." And so, it's not a good idea to to lie uh, with propaganda, but it does happen. Of course, it happens. But I don't know how that in any way affects the fact. Russia invaded Ukraine for no good reason and it was pure evil act. Pure simple as that. I'm rooting for the Ukrainians. Okay? I am. Are we clear? Good. Okay. Time for questions. We begin with a video question. And all right, let's here we go. Usually it's a kid. It's not a kid this time. Hi, Dennis. This is Grant. Uh, I'm 59 years old. I'm in Dallas, Texas. My greatest concern is about how fractured the conservative message has become. There are so many voices on our side that promote many different viewpoints. That is a strength, but I feel we need to unify as a group. The left doesn't break ranks and they have a unified message across the board. They make great use of propaganda outlets like CNN, MSNBC, and others. Conservatives need to start doing the same thing now. It's time to fight fire with fire and not with a squirt gun as we've been doing. Can you suggest three to five things that ordinary conservative Americans can do every day to promote freedom and help save America? Imagine the impact we'd have at the end of various TV and radio shows that the host all signed off with that message. Thank you and keep up the good work. Thank you, Grant. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I did it. So there are a lot of points Grant made there and and, uh, let me me try to remember some and even if I don't address them all, forgive me, Grant. First of all, we're not fighting fire with a squirt gun anymore. It used to be true. Conservatives, the Republican party in particular, fought with a squirt gun. I, I, Bob Dole was a beautiful human being, a, veteran, a wounded veteran of World War II, and he fought the left with a squirt gun. And so did uh, George H.W. Bush, and to a large extent, so did his son, with whom I, I, had friendly relations while he was president. Uh, these are nice men, Joe, Mitt Romney, John McCain. The, these were Republican, Republicans fighting with a squirt gun. I acknowledge that that's not true anymore. In fact, if anything, if you read the left and I do every day, they think we're the fighters and they're the squirt gunners. That's what they actually think. And they think we're unified, and they're not. That's the the irony. And that's how people always think of of their foe. They're united. They're effective. We're disunited. We're not effective. That's true. There are a lot of different conservative voices, and some truly do differ with the other. So, So be it. I, I think we should be unified, not necessarily in all our opinions. I don't think that's healthy, actually, because we can all be wrong. <laughs> any one of us can be wrong at any given time, and we need to learn from the people who are right. But beyond that, we, we the the one thing that should unite us, I mean, many things should unite us. We should be united around the American trinity, e pluribus unum, in God we trust and liberty. If that can't unite... Uh, Americans in general, and certainly conservatives, nothing will. So to me, that, that's ob, uh, an obvious way of uniting people here. Here are the basic principles of our country. They're on every coin. Prager didn't make them up. I got them from every coin. And that's been for a long time on our, on our money. The principles of the United States that I call the American Trinity. You can read about it in, in my book, Still the Best Hope which i i commend to you from the bottom of my heart to understand the left and to understand america so that's that's a unifying uh, a belief system that we should have a unifying belief in, in limited government uh and the unification on on the belief that the left is ruining society not liberals liberals vote for the left and that, that's a lot of damage but Liberals share many of our values. They just don't acknowledge it. But the left is, it destroys everything it touches, as I've uh, pointed out in my lectures. And you should see my column on that subject. I, I list 17 things the left has ruined. Seven, And, and by the way, there were two I uh, left out because I didn't think of it in time for the column. So I, c- I can easily come up with 20. Or certainly 19. Okay, I hope that, that deals with that. Laura, 34 years old, Queen Creek, Arizona. Hi, Dennis. I love the show and the fight for freedom, exclamation point. I am married to a very manly man and we have six children. Mm, that proves it. <laughs> I teach them in my home along with several other children. We do sort of a community homeschool. We have been studying World War II and have learned of the courage, bravery, and devotion of the soldiers who wanted to do their part and fight for their country. I cringe as I see our society belittling and removing masculinity. Please tell me your thoughts concerning this, why you think it's important to have men as our protectors. Uh, I have talked about masculinity a lot. I don't know. I, have I done it on, on a fireside chat? It's been a while. But I did. Yeah. I thought, I thought I did. I'll happily do it again. I believe in masculinity and I believe in femininity. And uh, the notion that feminine is perceived by masculine men as being weak. I don't know a masculine man who thinks women are weak. (laughs) Certainly not if they're married to one. (laughs) I Really, it's hard for me to imagine a married man who thinks, yeah, women are weak. (laughs) <laughs> okay, that's, that's just a uh, funny because it's so true. And this notion that masculine men want weak mi- women is, 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 is a figment of the feminist imagination. It, it, it's, you know who's weak? The weak are the women who walk around thinking they're persecuted. Those are the weak women. That's the irony of it. So anyway, back to masculinity... I did. I, it's interesting. I did a show. I, I do every single week and it's now almost 20 years I've done this uh, male female hour, which a lot of people said have, have even saved their marriages because it's very honest talk about men and women. So I did one of my hours on define masculinity and I asked only women to call in. Tell me what you think masculine means. And overwhelmingly, I had no idea what they would say, by the way, this was a learning experience for me. Overwhelmingly, they, they, caller after caller said, responsible, a responsible man is a masculine man. Does that resonate with you? I'm asking Megan, cause she's a female. Her preferred pronouns are she and me and I. Sometimes people say them. My pronoun is them because there's two of me here. Oh, that's right. People are saying they these days because there's someone in her. <laughs> so, uh, and I learned about it on this, uh, on the fireside chat. And I, it was, mm. that was a great moment, actually. So responsible, what is a responsible man? A man who takes charge. This 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 turns women on. This, this, then they know I'm with a man. Doesn't mean he's he's an autocrat, doesn't mean he's a fascist, <laughs> but he takes charge. And 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 he's decisive and he's strong. And he he doesn't live to be liked by everybody, but to do what's right. These are wonderful traits in a man. They're wonderful traits in a woman too to be perfectly honest. But they they are what we what we associate with as masculine and we we don't breed that anymore. We breed wimps to a large extent. My my heart breaks for terrific women looking for a man it, it, it it's not an easy, it's not an easy thing to find. That's why I so, so advocate that women marry young. You have so much more choice of the best men when you're young. One of the most famous laments of women who are dating is the best men are married. I heard that so often from women. And there's two, there are two reasons the best men are married, and all generalizations have exceptions, I fully recognize. But there are two reasons. One is the best men get married. And second, marriage makes men better. So of course the best men are married. Yep. Why, why a woman would think, oh, yeah. as they do when I, when I ask my famous question uh, uh, to any woman I meet practically who's under 30. Uh, I, I, I ask, Sally, can I ask you a question? And of course, well, they can say no. And, and by the way, no woman I've asked, a waitress, a, a woman in line at an airport, someone I'm sitting next to on the airplane, wherever it might be, none, none have ever resented the question. And that is, so I'm offering you two guarantees. Which guarantee would you choose? Please understand. You're choosing a guarantee. It doesn't mean the other cannot happen. It just means only one is guaranteed. Clear? The guarantee of a good marriage or the guarantee of a good career. And it's fascinating to me. I, by the way, I can never predict that, that I, have been, I have been humbled. Usually you think you look at somebody and you could tell by the way they're dressed or if they have tattoos or if they have a nose ring or God knows what. There's no predicting the woman could, could be tattooed and says, marriage. And the woman could look completely middle class, you know, n- n- no, no hippie feature or whatever you want to call it, no cool feature, and goes, oh, career. Th- there's, no, there's no way to know, uh, or there's no way to predict. Uh, but the women who say career... I say, why? And they go, well, that, that's, that's, that's what's important to me now. I go, what about marriage? Oh, I'd like to get married. When? You know, when the time comes. But the time may not come. And what will you have had? You, you become a big success at some company? You think that that rivals a good marriage and a family life? A, a, a career at a company? ask the women with careers in companies who don't have uh, a husband or children what w- what choice would they make if they could do it again i'm not saying it's one or the other but you still have to have priorities in life and i would i i i obviously believe the answer should be the marriage guarantee this was a very important uh fireside chat and I always, we always welcome comments and questions, obviously, so you should know that. But the stuff I said about Ukraine is, is really, I think, significant. And I, yeah, I think the Q&A is all obviously as significant, but that was very important. People, people cannot decide right and wrong based primarily on whom they agree with or, or whom they don't agree with. There is right and wrong, and it is independent of who thinks one way or the other. Okay, thanks for being with me, Dennis Prager and Otto, who stayed the entire time because we figured out, Nate and I figured this out. We don't put him in his, uh, what is the word, position? Is that the the acting phrase? He was in position right before the fireside chat. He knows he's paid for 30 to 35 minutes, so uh, he leaves uh, if we go well over that. Thanks for watching. See you next week. Thank you for watching this video. To help keep PragerU videos free, please consider making a tax deductible donation.